presented by Baseline Times Media. Hey, what's going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shooter Pass Podcasts with your favorite guys at the Baseline Times. I am excited about this episode today. This is a great episode where I get to say and tell somebody, I told you so. I told you so. Houston was going to be a problem. Houston, we have a problem. The Western Conference, we have a problem. This is your host, Cheval, and I'm joined by my my good friend, Demario, and a very, very good friend and a voice you guys haven't heard in a while because he was just watching the Rockets earn their way to 60 wins. Marcus, <laughs> what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm that good, a, man. I'm good. That was a good great good intro. Luck, good, luck the, uh, good luck the Rockets right now, bro. What can I say? Look, I'm just here to say 60 wins, bro. 60 wins. No, it's in all true. serious. I brought, we brought Marcus on because, you know, we're at that point in the season. Where, where I, where I did, was going to say I told you so, but uh, man, how you guys been? It's been a, it's been a long week of basketball here. A lot of things kind of happened, right? Um, just so much. It's beautiful. How are you guys feeling about um, you know, April? You guys feeling good about April? Opening day's coming up soon. Ironically, oh, I have yeah. two Yankee fans on the show together again. I love that. I mean, I'm ready to watch the ten home runs we hit on opening day. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. You know, this is my. I always say, and I said this on the last episode. This is my favorite time of the year because there's so much going on. I mean, you got like March Madness. You have Opening Day. You have NBA playoffs. Um, sundresses, maxi dresses, uh, short shorts. (laughs) Shout out to all the ladies who have been in the gym working it, and now they're gonna be out showing it out. Shout out to all the dudes that's gonna be putting chicks on Spirit Airlines, flying them around the country. Hey, let's get it. Uh, Marcus, I just want to say I'm super excited for the baseball season. We can talk about baseball in another one, but I'm super excited. I got my – I think you and I are probably are like probably one of ten black men who actually cheer for the Yankees and like wrestling. I think you and I are like straight up. <laughs> 100%. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, yeah. You might be 100% right with that like, one. I'm 100% sure. Like I remember when I first had met you and I was going through your page, and I'm like, oh, he likes wrestling. I'm like, oh, that's weird. I'm like, damn, I thought I was the only one. And I'm like, you like the Yankees too? I'm like, what the? F-? I thought I was the only like black wrestling fan in the world. That's like funny. sometimes I go to sometimes I go to these little like indie shows in L.A. and legit, it's almost like a clan rally. Yeah, like, straight no, up. I, I, like, you said no. What you're talking about? I go to like Lakeland. I go to like yeah. uh, these backwood places in Orlando. I'll be like the only black dude there. I'll be like, all right. Yeah, but I love it. But yeah, happy to be, you know talking about you know this. Good old NBA. Uh, shout out to the Rockets. I personally, and I even told Chevy, I didn't go on the record, but I was on Twitter popping off before somebody brings up my tweets. And I did <laughs> I did pop off like the first night. I'm like, fuck, I don't think this is going to work. I, I just don't know. So that's right. I, I just didn't see it working. It just didn't seem, I don't know. And wow, they're killing. 61 wins, by the way, today. Um, if we want to be a little more technical. but 61? Um, yeah, there are 61 wins. Um, such a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, obviously, guys, we have a lot to say on the show. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about Houston, their success uh, coming into um, the postseason here soon. Uh, we'll touch a little bit on Philly, man. We we we, we chatted with about Philly a few times here, and I, we just need to show we need to show them some brotherly love here. Yeah, just the process is trusted. Uh, we'll get a little bit about the Warriors injuries. Out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, injuries, you know, what, what's coming up here for them. Um, you know, with Steph Curry being, you know, now as Kerr says, he'll be out probably through the first round touching on that. And then, uh, the fellas here, we'll, we'll all three make a little final four pick towards the end of the show. But, um, yeah, it's kind of getting this Houston discussion guys. I mean, 60 wins, 60 plus, you know, 61 at this point, um, <laughs> looking at, you know, I, I don't know how many times I'll say that on the show, but, you know, I emphasize that a five game improvement so far. Um, but look, in all, in all honesty, Marcus, I mean, do you feel like they're a better team? Like now that you've seen them, because you claim that they weren't a better, they were not going to be a better team. But actually, you know what? Here's, I'll give you, no, no, no. I'll Are give you credit. Play the clip or something? I'll give you credit. I won't play the clip just yet, but I'll, I'll give you some credit. You did say it was a parallel movement. It was something that you're like, ah, I just, I just don't see them getting better. You didn't see them getting five games better. Nate did claim it got, they did get worse. And, and listen. Here's a clip from our podcast in the offseason after the Chris Paul trade. Um, but does this trade make them better? 
I, I think it, no, I, I think it does. I think it does. You think the trade makes it better? I think I think so. They, so they win six. They win sixty games next year. Is what you're saying? Put it on record. I think they can win sixty games. Yes, I think this team can by win by losing games. Beverly and Lou Williams. Yeah, I think they can win sixty games out west. I mean, and, and they already. Just because you guys are pretty heavy on Patrick Beverly, but I'm like, dude, you got Chris Paul. He's got to be a five game improvement. But today, you, do you feel like they're a better team than last year at least? Uh, West had injuries this year. Uh, so those could account for those five games. That's all I'm saying. We don't know. <laughs> Maybe I've got to look at some, you know, matchups. But man, oh man, they've worked out fantastic. What are they like? Uh, they've only lost one game when it's like Chris Paul. Harden Capella, or what is it, like two games yeah. now? Yeah, it's that? crazy. It's yeah. crazy. It's a, a weird stat. Wild That's stat. the greatest thing. They've turned Capella into a better DeAndre Jordan. Love it. And well, maybe not better because he's not better defensively. But you know what they turned Capella? You know who Capella reminds me of? Dennis Rodman. Oh my. <laughs> I'm going to. Bro, I'm. Ew. We're on the same wavelength. No, we we're soulmates. like the same person. Yeah. <laughs> he reminds me of like just a more he reminds me of Detroit Dennis Robin. I'm not gonna pretend Ooh. like I watched that. I'm not gonna pretend like I watched Detroit. <laughs> I was I was probably like six. But just going back, remember when Dennis Robin, people don't understand when Dennis Robin came into the league, he was a scoring threat. Yeah. But Chuck Daly told him, You won't score on this team. You gotta start playing something else. So he started playing defense. But Detroit had Dennis Robin. He was that athletic, long. I can guard every position. I can, you know, do whatever you want me to do. Clint Capella is what Cleveland thought Tristan Thompson was going to be. Oof, yeah. Like 100%. When I watch the right ball, I see a motor. I see a guy who is just – he just loves to play bad. He's that guy that goes to the Y, and from 12 o'clock to 9 o'clock at night, he plays in every single Pip Cup game. He's the guy who sets screens. He takes charges. You know, you really don't have to run too many plays for him. I, I personally, he's probably one of my favorite young bigs to watch. Like, he runs the floor. He balls hard. And you're right. Like, they're making that guy some serious, serious money. When you can always have a Hall of Fame guard on the floor, that's, that's dangerous. True. That's dangerous. Like, that really, true. really. I didn't think – what I didn't think they were going to be able to do is – and, again, we spoke about this before the show is they removed egos. Like, this team, they – there's no ego on this rocket. You watch that OKC team, there's three of the largest egos in basketball on that team. You watch this OKC team, there's no ego. Chris Paul will do his thing, kick it to the wide open person. James Harden does his thing, kick it to the wide open person. When you watch Paul George, he'll do his thing, and he's pulling up. He doesn't care. You watch Melo, he pulls up. You watch Russell Westbrook, he'll put you in a really weird predicament to where you'll be like, you'll get the ball with like a second left, and you got to create. But when you watch this team, they're just selfless. I love it. Like, I love watching the Rockets play. Well, speaking yeah. of egos, you know, that was one of the concerns, too, especially, you know, with Marcus. And, and we discussed that offseason, you know, podcast. And it was pretty wild. You know, it's like, well, yeah, Chris Paul, he's going to have to kind of put aside his ego to kind of play with these guys. And I think that's a good point. Absolutely. Um, you know, granted that he was injured for some of the season, missed about the first 20, you know, games after playing that first game and getting injured. That was a you know and that's a, that was a questionable start. Even I'm like, damn, you know, um, Chris Paul's kind of hurt. Then Harden goes out. The 60 games might be in a little bit of a question here, but it still accomplished this man. And I mean, and on top of that, Harden is having an MVP year again, and yeah. kind of the clear you know front running MVP at this point. I mean, I don't. I oh, 100. He locked up MVP in December. Absolutely, and we we talked about this. We're like, look, if he keeps all you know at this level, even with the injury, you know, in the beginning of January comes back and balls out it's 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 his for the taking you know completely i mean this this team i really like the team um i like the way that uh you know they they can it's just like watching poetry in motion with this team the ball just moves they know where to find the shooter um you know and again my, my only beef and i i'm not 100 percent on board with them beating golden state just yet but my you know again my only beef was don't become the shootout with golden state because that's not what you want to do with kd Hanging out there, you know, uh, under a Golden State Warriors jersey. Um, in terms of that, how do you how do you guys feel about you know so far comparisons? Obviously, this might be the Western Conference Finals. How do you guys feel about you know the, in terms of beating the Warriors? And I, I think mean, that are they favored? Go. I'll ah, uh, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. I'll let you go because I want to. I can't call him. I can't call him the favorite, man. I can't call him the favorite. Yeah. Uh, um. 
But I kind of do disagree with you, man. They have to make a choice. That's how they live. If Harden isn't cooking, they don't have a cho- they don't have a chance. Because either Steph's going to get hot, or Clay's going to get hot, or KD's going to get hot. So they have to shoot with them. They don't have a choice. Here's what I think. I think that with the Rockets, what I like about them is how they can bring in like a P.J. Tucker, how they can bring in a Joe Johnson to replace um, Ryan Anderson, to replace like a Trevor Ariza, like two long veteran like defenders. Mm-hmm. I think that somebody like Nene is going to like have to play like the backup series of his life. You know, like one of those like – to where we're like, damn, Nene dropped 16 on eight for eight shooting and had like three. Like, you know, I feel like that Houston almost has to play like the Cavaliers did in that finals. When you're playing against Golden State and you're playing against the second and third best player in the, in the you know, in the league and, you know, Katie and Steph. And then you, oh, you also have Clay, who if Steph didn't play, he'll be the greatest shooter ever because he's like literally perfect. And then you got Draymond Green who's out there and then you could bring in. Uh, like, you know, like a Quinn Cook and you can bring in limits. You have all these solid backups who are getting valuable time now and getting their ego boosted. Even though they're losing, they're still getting valuable time. Right. I think that, uh, you know, you got to play perfect against this team. I think that like the one thing that they do have against the Warriors is they do have that depth. Like they do have players that can come in when you got ISO Joe, they have veterans, they have shooters. I personally don't think that they want to get into a shootout, but at the same time, like Marcus said, I think they have to get into a shootout. Yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of a shootout, you know, my but my definition is you, the game's got to slow down a little bit for the for the Rockets to kind of keep a decent pace. Because again, you have that Chris Paul that can control the flow of the game from a slower standpoint, move the ball, find the better shot, and I think him and Harden have played so well and done that pretty well. So I think slowing the game down and kind of adjusting to that, you know, there because you start letting KD off on a break, you know, he's you know that that, that team gets off and running again. Clay. Draymond can you know knock down the three and uh, the games that they played in a full strength lately you know in this this regular season great playoff atmosphere games and you guys saw a little bit of that when the Rockets were able to slow the game down um you know Harden cooked he just cooked he just pulled up he, he did his thing patiently calmly just put that you know I think the last time they played in Houston he you know he put that three point bucket that's a dagger right there so that's what I'm you know kind of imagining that has to happen in the playoffs they can't you know give into that fast-paced shootout with the Warriors. And like you said, tomorrow they've got to play the perfect series with somebody stepping up, you know, whether it be like a Nene, um, you know, uh, maybe then get a guy like Tariq Black in there as a kind of a, a big man to kind of give some extra boards while Capella gets a breather. You know, just one of those guys, those energy X-factor guys that comes off the bench and gives them a little extra beyond just, you know, the normal they've been doing in the regular season, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, Eric Gordon still, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, Eric Gordon's in the rotation. Um, you know, Ryan Anderson, you know, th- those guys just knocking threes down. I mean, they're at the right spot. And then you get, again, a guy like Joe Johnson, too, like just having him on the floor and that veteran leadership. And then, you know what? Joe Johnson shows up in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I saw Joe. For. Oh, gee. I saw Joe. He shows I, I, up. Joe, put it this way. Give me Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson is going to be that dude at the YMCA at like 60. <laughs> getting bucket joe johnson is the ultimate him him and jamal crawford are two guys right now and if you could be like look you gotta i'm picking up those are two guys that ball they ball they don't care those are two like i like those joe johnson jamal crawford lou williams like those dudes and that's what not to get off topic that's what isaiah thomas could be if he removed that ego he's not that good but that's what I'm saying. Like, but he could be Isaiah Thomas. I don't want to get started on Isaiah. Shout out to Isaiah, though. No, but like, <laughs> no shout like Isaiah. Joe. I like Iso Joe in the playoffs. He's I'll a playoff Iso Joe and his foot tallerness than Isaiah Thomas any give me, day. Give me Iso Joe over present day Melo right now, like straight you know, up. I'm so glad we got rid of Melo. Yeah, <laughs> Melo is uh, Melo disappoints. Melo disappoints. A lot of Melo gave up on basketball here. about two years ago. And yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. A lot of off topic distress here about. Yeah. Going <sighs> yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah Melo gave up. <laughs> Melo gave up on ball. He know he he gave up on basketball. He then tried to use his family as the, oh, I want to stay in New York. Come my family, my brother, my mother, my sister, <laughs> my, my great aunt. My... No, bro. Like, you gave up on hoop. You could tell. You were at one point, 
you were on par with LeBron. It was LeBron. You couldn't say either of their name, like, oh, LeBron and Carmelo, LeBron and Carmelo. Now we laugh at that. Like, if I was to tell the present day, if I was to tell my little brother who's 18, hey, bro, there was one point in time where these two guys were equals, he would laugh at me and be like, no, there's no way. Because it doesn't, you know, it's like a far-fetched thing. Like, what's crazy is like, what, here's what's funny. Melo is considered the scorer of the two. But LeBron's already like at 30,000 and, and Melo is at 25,000. Yeah. I always wonder when people say like things like that, like people go, oh, LeBron isn't a scorer, but he has a higher scoring average than Kobe. He has like the third highest scored average in NBA history. But like he's not a scorer. I often hear that. Oh, but LeBron isn't like, but, but, but Melo's more of a real scorer. What does a real scorer mean? That's all they can do. That's what they're saying. Like, what are like, that's like really weird to me. It's like when people hype Kobe as this great shooter, but Kobe shoots a percentage point higher than Allen Iverson, and Allen Iverson's frowned upon. I know. Well, he, always, he doesn't have the ring, so you know. And it's but it's just but it's just pure. It's just, you know, it's just a really weird thing. Like, like a few days ago, I was on Twitter and I asked my buddy. I said, I said Kobe has this worth ethic like thing that's carried him throughout the league, right? Mm-hmm. But what did he ever improve? Because his shooting never got better. It's not like he <laughs> it, it, seriously it didn't. Kobe, Kobe's career high shooting is like 46%. We've watched LeBron come into the league with no jumper. Now the dude's shooting three-pointers at a 40% clip. The dude's yeah. shooting like, you know, he's like, but we've watched that go. We watched him shoot from like 23% three-pointers to like 40%. What did Kobe ever improve? He never improved his three-point shooting. He never improved, but yet I, I like, you know, I always often hear that he's this great shooter, but then when you the people go, oh, well, shot difficulty. Well, Michael Jeffrey Jordan took more difficult shots, and he shot 50% for his career. So I often wonder, what were you working on if nothing really – like, you know, like, you know, okay, I watch Kevin Durant every single year. It's like his footwork, his defense. Like, we see that. But when I watch Kobe play, I, I'm like, okay. People are like, oh, he's worth that thing. But what did you improve if, you, if your numbers don't show that? Uh, getting those rings, man. But it's Kobe, so it's like, my rings! Exactly. It's like cool. It's like Casey Jones has six, and then they start Google who is Casey <laughs> Jones and how does he get six rings. But you know it's different because it's Kobe. Whatever. Well, yeah, we'll get back on topic. And that's just your uh, <laughs> weekly Kobe Mellow rant brought to you by Demario Jackson. We out here. <laughs> uh, Houston has won ten straight games for the third time this season, so they compiled a pretty impressive win streak season in the season here. Um, they're thirty-one and six at home, thirty and eight on the road. That's you know, pretty, it's pretty impressive, man. I mean, we don't see this too often, and these are these, you know, if you had to tell me if there's any team, you know, putting these, doing these kind of win streaks and putting up these kind of numbers and wins in this regular season, and we had to guess one team. I mean, you know, all fingers would kind of point at the Golden State over there out in the Bay, right? We, mm-hmm. we wouldn't even imagine it was you know Houston doing this, even with Chris Paul. So you know, kudos to them, man. I mean, they're gonna <clears throat> most likely lock lock up the number one spot here, um, out west, and then. You know, depending on who they have to play, obviously, uh, there's a, a little battle in the Western Conference there. Um, I mean, that's going to be the real NBA Finals. It really is. The one versus eight? I personally think that. Oh, you're talking about Western, uh, Western Conference? Yeah. Western Conference. yeah. yeah. I, Every I, I series think... in the West will be better than the NBA Finals. You know what I'm looking forward to the most? And, I, I mean, I hope it happens. I want to see Portland versus Golden State. I feel like Dame Willard, I just wrote up this NBA article for a homie on Twitter. Shout out to all my Twitter homies. And I feel like when Dame Willard goes against Golden State, he morphs into like Ice Cube on that no Vaseline disc versus NWA. <laughs> like I've never, it seems like Dame Willard waits to those four games out of the year and every single game he goes at their neck. And Golden State's in a really weird position because if Steph doesn't play first round and they get yeah. the, and they get that second seed, depending on who gets that seventh seed, man, it could be. I mean, of course, I'm, I mean, it's still Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, and, you know, Clay. And, but I don't know, man. I feel like this team misses a beat when Steph doesn't play. And I'll be the first to admit that I was totally wrong about that. Like, but I've actually watched them without Steph. And I'm like, wow, he really is the motor on that team. Yeah. I mean, like the whole team's built around him. Yeah. I just think that playing Utah or playing Minnesota with a fresh Jimmy Buckets is going to be very, very, very dangerous for Golden State. I think Minnesota would definitely be a horrible matchup. Be a horrible. Because you got Carl Anthony Towns, you have Wiggins. It's just, uh, and you know Tibbs is going to play those guys 56 minutes a game. Yep. Like, that's just what he does. Like, he's not going to, 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely touch on a little bit on the Warriors and their, you know, their, their potential struggles, especially without Steph there. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I want y'all to go ahead and check out the JKO Collection. It's not just a brand. It's a lifestyle. The JKO Collection features a men's collection, a woman's collection, and the newly added kids collection. That's right, a kids collection. Check out JKO at JKOCollections.com. It's not just a brand, it's a lifestyle. JKOCollections.com. Check them out. As we move on to another good, uh, I don't want to say surprising, but a nice little uh, overachiever out uh, east. Uh, definitely the Philadelphia 76ers. I, mean, I, I want to give a big shout out to them, their fans, the years of tanking. Um, I, I'm a big uh, you know, Brett Brown fan. I think that he deserves a lot of kudos. The, the franchise management stuck with him. And, you know, shout out to the Philadelphia 76ers. Like, hands down, trust the process. And I don't know if you guys aren't trusting the process right now or not saying you two, but anybody else out there, jump on board now. I, I think this is great to see. Um, you know, obviously, they're, I guess we could say, organically grown um, draft picks after years yep. of tanking and suffering for those Philly folks out there. Uh, you remember when they were wearing brown bags over their heads, you know, a few years ago. So it's, it's a new day in Philly, <laughs> new light. Obviously, you know the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Uh, Nova's in the Final Four. Um, it's looking up, looking up for the city of Philly. And um, shout out to Embiid, man. Shout out to Ben Simmons. I mean, you know, it's like almost every podcast we talk about Ben Simmons. So we rant and rave, especially you know, tomorrow we always talk about this and how intelligent of a player he is. But this seems really, you know, these guys have to come together and play together, right? At the end of the day, you can draft a, you know top three every year for like five years in a row, but can you put a team together? Can these guys play together? Like the dynamics of a team, can it work? You know, they brought in Sarge. Um, you know, some of the guys on that squad, just a name, you know, you know, signed JJ Redick uh, as a veteran, you know, shooter there. Um, shout out to Philly, man. Shout Here's what I like Philly. about Philly. They truck. Okay. I'll go back. Here's a fun story. James Cameron, the creator, of, you know, Avatar, Titanic, all those great movies. He came up with Avatar in the late 70s, early 80s, right? But he knew that as a society and as a whole, as humans, we would not have been able to be able to digest Avatar in the 80s. He goes, we needed to see Independence Day, Titanic, Saving Private Ryan. We needed to see like the buildup, Men in Black. You know how like, how like film has went over the years, how we have like CGI and all that crazy stuff. So I'm saying this because he trusted that process. In life, all we see is the finished things, right? Like we love to rant and rave about LeBron versus Kobe, LeBron versus this, LeBron versus that. Let's let this guy's career end first, and then let's do that. So what Philly did is they trusted their process, right? They didn't let outsiders, when they set out Joel, and they didn't let you know ESPN, should Joel sit out on a back-to-back, should Joel do this? Ben set out for the season, Markel. Now look at them. They're looking like that they're one piece away, one trade away from being really, really, like, really, really good. And what's cool is that at a young age, Ben knows that he's a sidekick. He has no problem with being the sidekick to Joel. He has no problem. Like, he's 100%. And right now, I'm making a case for the San Antonio Spurs to trade Kawhi Leonard to Philadelphia Ooh. for Dario, Darko, whatever the hell that guy's name is, Robert Covington, Dario, a, yeah. first, a first and a second round pick. I pitched it to my buddies. The reason why I say that, because both of those guys are pop guys. You got the European, and then you got the three-point specialist with the defense, and you got a first and a second round pick. Kawhi's not happy. Imagine Kawhi in that offense. Nasty. Like, they're one if I'm LeBron, I really, really, really look at Philly next year. I mean, who in the East has a better roster? Yep. It's hard. It's Seriously. Hard to say. You arguably, arguably could mention Boston up there, arguably, but that's that's about it. With everything that Boston's going through, the Raptors not being I'm unsure about Lowry and stuff. I won't bet against it, but if Philly was like in the finals or something, I wouldn't be like shocked. This team is really good. I don't think people are, and they're defensive. Like they, they lock up. That's what's dope about them is that 
Like, you know, I watched them last night, and a lot of their big plays happened because of defense. You got Ben Simmons, who, like, plays defense, you know? You got the guy, uh, the white guy off the bench, I believe, TJ McConnell. He comes uh-huh. in, he plays mm-hmm. defense. He runs the Del Dova a lot. They have, like, a really, really solid defensive team. And I that's what's – the Cavs are better right now. Yeah. And, and shout out, by the way, shout out to Ben Simmons. He, he locked up Tina Shea. Made the announcement, I guess, sometime. Oh, yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Ben's yeah. winning right now. Yeah, ben ben is... ben, Ben's winning. Shout out to Ben, man. And uh... Smart guy. Ben, Ben, in my opinion, this might be, like, crazy to say, but I think, and the reason why I say this, he's the smartest rookie that I've ever watched play for the simple fact that he knows his game and he trusts his game 100%. Absolutely. When you're a rookie, you come in. Like, LeBron as a rookie. I remember him taking a lot of uncontested and a lot of forced three-point shots when he didn't even have a, a jumper, right? Ben knows. I can't shoot, so guess what? I don't fucking shoot. Absolutely. I don't shoot the ball at all. But guess what? I'm scoring 17 a night off layups and dunks that you can't stop, and I'm getting seven rebounds, and I'm getting seven assists, and I'm getting a block, and I'm getting a steal. Like, you know what you're getting from him, and he's smart. I, I see people who always, like, in Twitter comments and stuff, they're like, well, Ben Cam, like, did you see Shaq shooting threes? No. Like, when you – do you see J.J. Reddick trying to bang out on every single play? No, but when you try to downplay how great a player is, like Ben, then you start nitpicking. Dumps. You're like, yeah, Ben had 38, and he shot perfect from the field, but it doesn't matter because he didn't hit six threes to get 38. You're like, but it, uh, what do you mean? Like, Facts. This is a, like, this is a, we're witnessing a very, very smart, smart, young, gifted player. Like, let this guy do his thing, and I love that, like, now you got Fultz coming back, and again, what we've seen over the last couple of years with NBA champions is what? Strong benches. And not only strong benches, but people who can come in and get busy. Having folks come in off the, uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, you know, off the bench is huge for them. It's like, I think his injury is like a blessing and like disguise in a sense because he was able to kind of get back to what he was great at, sat on the bench, got a chance to learn. He came in last night, was balling. Tonight I saw that he was like plus 26 when he was out on court. Oh, absolutely. And, I like know, Philly. Speaking, yeah, speaking about you know Markel Fultz and and knowing their games, I, I like that he has Embiid, he has Simmons to kind of you know guide him. And especially, it's it's a mental thing too. Remember, we we kind of talked about this you know last week tomorrow, a mental breakdown of when you're injured, right? And imagine that you're like, look, I'm a number one pick. I should be out there. I should be playing with you know my teammates with this young core and getting you more, more acclimated with the offense, you know, and what I'm supposed to do as maybe a point guard on the floor. But here I am. I've, I've only played four games. Here's coming back to my fifth, you know, the, that that lead up and build up to coming back. I think he's had a great support system. And, you know, again, coach Brett Brown, such a, from what I've heard, and you know, he's very well-spoken, you know, and a very, an awesome guy. It seems like a great mentor as well. And he's been through the process with these guys too. Right. So, Fultz comes in, and by the way, Demar, he didn't. Markel Fultz didn't shoot a three point shot that game. He comes yep. in, didn't shoot a three point shot. Played fourteen minutes, five of thirteen, plus sixteen. You know, and beats plus twenty in that game. Robert Covington's plus twenty three. Those are the you know other two guys that beat him out, and well, Reddick plus nineteen in that game, but plus sixteen off the bench. Eight assists, man. Eight assists. I watched the clips. I didn't even watch the game. I watched the clips. I watched of, the game. I watched you know, the game. I, I didn't watch the game. I watched the clips of his guy. The passes they, they they took. They broke down every pass, every shot that he took. I mean, he he looked a little you know uncomfortable sometimes shooting, but I mean, he still took decent shots. I mean, whatever they're doing in Philly, man. It just hope the rest of the NBA. If you're watching, you're building a team. You know, build your own process. Do what you need to do. <laughs> Like this is this is a good thing to see. So you know, again, shout out to Philly, man. Forty three and thirty as of today, and you know, potentially could could finish third place in the Eastern Conference. And, and the, none of do. us, none of us, really, you know, would have thought of this. I mean, it, I mean, I believe the, the East was wide open. It was not not too shocking, but at the same time, it's here we are <laughs> above Cleveland. You know, so you know, shout out to Philly, man. I absolutely love what they're doing yeah. out there. Isn't the Sixers coach? Isn't he one of Pop's understudies? Mark Brown, didn't he come from like the like? Didn't he come from like a David? Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Coach Popovich, Mr. Brett. Brown. Sure. Oh yeah, he was. He's look at this. He's with the Spurs from 2002 2013. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah, I had a feeling he was a pop guy. Again, that's a lot of people don't realize, man. It's all about the coaching. Like, and a lot of people 
only hear about Phil Jackson winning all those titles and Popovich being all this dominant and all that kind of stuff. But that takes time. Like that takes it, it takes time for Pop. Like Popovich 20 years ago wasn't Popovich who he is present day. You know, he was that guy that his first year, I don't think they made the playoffs. And the next year they gradually got good. Then they got good. Then they got good. Then boom, you were on title in 99. But again, all we see is the finished product. And that's why a lot of teams, that's why the same teams continue to suck. Like if you look at the trend of like the Sacramento Kings, when they got rid of Coach Adelman, I think from there until now, it's been like nine or 10 different coaches, different GMs, different owners. When you look at the teams that actually have success, it's always some type of stability on their team. You know, like the Spurs, like that's a team. Look at the Dallas Mavericks. Like, you know, they have Dirk, they have Q, like, you know, they have the consistency because that's what people need. It's no difference than like a child who has, who comes from a great household, who has a mother and a father and a grandpa versus the kid who has to go live with his grandmother one week and his great aunt one week and his uncle one week that has all these different. And I feel like that Philly, if they can keep this together with the same coach and the same core, they're going to be extremely scary. And and, and I think that a lot of this, you know, you kind of hit a little bit of this, you know, DeMario is with that statement is the fact that, on top of the consistency, it was just a trust in, in Brett Brown as well. I mean, you know, whether it was Brian Colangelo or Jerry Colangelo, I can't remember who which one it was they tried to bring in. You know, there's rumblings going around that, you know, Brett Brown wouldn't be a part of the process. They still stuck with him. They didn't say, look, we're not, we're not going to come in here and bring in one of our guys. We're going to stay, stay with him. Um, and then basketball fans like like us, we can appreciate this buildup. We can appreciate the draft picks. Sticking with the coach, we know he's a pop guy. He, he, he built a obviously he's built a great culture, and I think he's one of the most underrated coaches right now. You know, you know, right now in the league, definitely one of the most underrated coaches. Um, been with them since 2014, seen the worst of the worst, and now uh, a lot of it start starting to pay off. And this is great. This is beautiful. I mean, you know, it's not a pop situation where you come in and you know you're instantly you know you got Tim Duncan and you got you know. Um, the admiral in your hands, but you got Embiid, Simmons, and, and Fultz, man, a nice core there. And and the Kawhi mentioned is, is pretty interesting, right there. I, I if would... I'm them, I'm literally making a phone call. I mean, I feel like the Kawhi situation is really, really bizarre. But if I'm them, I know that I'm. You put LeBron on this team, they win a championship next year. You put Kawhi on this team, they're in the finals next year. Like, they, like they're they're that one OG away. I don't want them to gut their whole team now. But I feel like, especially with a team like the Spurs, because you got Sarge or whatever the hell they call that guy, the European guy, and then you have like a Covington. Those are Popovich players. Those are two players mm-hmm. that Popovich is like, oh, I can make these guys into stars, you know? And then you add like a first-round draft pick or something, you get quiet. Like they're one, one player away, like easily. Like that's a really, really good team. I hope they don't do anything dumb and go get like, give Paul George. Paul George. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, they'll give, like, I hope they don't do anything stupid like that. Paul George is a fake superstar. Paul George don't want to win. I hope they don't do anything like that. But I saw, I saw a post on Reddit about Paul George, and Paul George is, like, the new borderline star. Where, like, yeah. if you're better than Paul George, you're really good. But if you're not better than Paul George, you have a problem. Yep. Paul George is the guy. Oh, my God. Did you see what Carl Anthony Towns did tonight? Oh, yeah, I just saw that on Twitter, 56. 56 and 15. Oh, my goodness. That's, that, that, he won me a fantasy league his rookie year. I mean, the man has just been incredible. Wow. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I just, I just I, was like. I've been a cat believer since he came in. Shout out to Cat. He can do that. See, here's, here's my beef with Cat is that, and Chevy remembers, I remember we were texting during the game. Cat's the guy that doesn't realize that teams want him shooting three-pointers. Yeah. It's like tonight, yeah, he was six for eight, but I remember it was one game. I forget who they were playing against, but I think he was like one for seven shooting and he left the game. He had like 17 points on like seven of, you know, 24 shooting. I'm like, dude, you are seven feet tall. Why are you shooting less than 30%? Like, what are you doing? Are you Allen Iverson? Get your big ass in the post and go Mm -hmm. dunk on somebody. I feel like a lot of these new age big men, and it's cool that they're versatile and they can do a lot of dope stuff. But, man, get into the post and work, bro. That's why I love Joel. Because, yeah, he'll shoot a three from time to time, but he will work you in that post. Yeah. And, like, and make you pay. <laughs> no, I completely agree. I love him, being Love his game. So, guys, do you think uh, Philadelphia could take this all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals? No. I mean, yeah. 
Not yet. You're not it ready. It, They're not ready it, tomorrow. It, 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 okay, if, it's all if, on matchups. Matchups. If right. they end up in the finals, in the Eastern Conference finals against LeBron, what happens if LeBron's the only one who shows up? That's true. Or what happens if Philadelphia's youngsters don't show? That's the one thing about these, like about like these youngsters. Yeah, that's true. It, it, is that you just you just don't know? Well, like mm-hmm. right now, if we're looking at the standings right now. I think they're. I think they're in the fourth seed. They so they play against the Pacers. I think they whoop the Pacers with ease. Right. You know, what's funny actually? I'm going to eat my words because I honestly can see them beating a Boston team without a Kyrie. Well, and, and this is the thing. I think that what would benefit Philly the best is to hit that third seed up. You know, take out one of those. And eh, it just depends. Indy drops to six. If Washington, you know, I think they can take out either team. I think they'd be best going against Washington. Yeah, and they they, de- they need to see Boston, and, and it's, it's very unlikely Kyrie Irving is, is back at that point and, and and you know full stride. So it's a window. It's a window to build some confidence. It's a window to say, okay, this is this is how far you can and close you guys can get. I I don't think they they'll be the Cleveland team, but they can come awfully close. And like Demar said, that one piece away. They get that piece this off season, or even just a little taste of some some success, and uh, I think that's healthy for them. It's beneficial. So I, I mean, I think they need to take the third seed definitely to kind of and play Boston that second round to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Otherwise, their path is a little tough. They'll play Toronto in the second round. Yeah, I agree. I, I think they need to do what Cleveland did last year when Cleveland lost the number one seed and everybody was so happy, but like they did it for more of chess, right? I think they definitely need to get there over the Cavs. And the Cavs, their play is just so inconsistent. Like, like they should have went – I mean, they all – here's the thing. They all partied. They all went to Miami. There's no reason why they should have lost to Miami without Whiteside playing. No reason. Nope. No. No reason at all. But – and see, that's the thing with the Cavs. This team is so inconsistent. They're just – you don't – and that's what kind of scares me. Like, I don't want to bet on them. In the East, obviously, because it's still LeBron. But this is the like this is the year that I actually went into this season the most confident, and now I'm the least confident with this Cavs team because they're just you just don't know what you're going to get. It's like a loose cannon. It's like Brian Pillman. Right. Remember loose cannon. Shout out to Brian Pillman. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. to my boy. It's funny. It's funny, Demar, because we we rant and rave all you know off season about this and our off season show was like, yo, look, this has got to be one of the deepest Cavs team. We were just like astonished. And, and again, yep. we talked about that, and you know, during the trade deadline, on paper shows. they look amazing. They were. It was Iman incredible. J.R. Smith, Tristan Thomas, Isaiah Thomas. You know, and now before the show, we we kind of talked about this too. It's it's like, wow. Even Kevin Love goes down to Miami the other night, and it's like, wow, this team is eh, a tad bit little, you know, a little depleted. And it all depends on, you know, I think the the progression of obviously some of the young guys like Jordan Clarkson, Hood, you know, those are some of the guys that obviously trying to step up and, and be something for LeBron beyond Kevin Love. So, but no, I think Philly, Philly's on a good, on a good track. I, if I'm them, I, I want to take a third seed. I want to see Boston in the second round. They're not going to be, you know, at full strength. Obviously, Marcus Smart's still going to be out. And supposedly, if any chance of him coming back, would probably be the second or third round should Boston get that far. And, um, you know, if things are settling where they're at right now, Boston would play a team like Miami in the first round, which they should probably be able to beat, whether, you know, it's Miami, Milwaukee moves that one. I think they'll, they'll get by the first round for the most part. 100%. All right, gentlemen, we have an injury-riddled Golden State Warrior team. Um, Steph Curry supposedly is not supposed to be or will not be back. Um, at least maybe until the second round of the playoffs per Steve Kerr. And um, today, what we'll actually kind of just talk about on this episode is what the guys here, you know, is a little bit about the struggles that they could see and matchups they definitely want to avoid. I think this is this is interesting. And we just kind of, you know, dab into that a little bit on the eastern side of things. But on the western side of things, you know, um, before the show, I know you guys mentioned Minnesota. Um, right now, Minnesota's sitting in the A spot. Uh, should they move up one, they can move into that second spot. And a Jimmy Butler coming back. Ironically, here's what I think. You kind of don't want to see a San Antonio if Kawhi comes back. You don't. And so I th- it's it's pretty pretty crazy, you know. I, we're looking at this here, you know. Uh, San Antonio can play chess too. 
Minnesota can play chess too and set themselves up. And I think a lot, I think these, these guys are definitely looking. I think the teams are looking They're saying, okay, look, Steph Curry's not going to be there, but, um, I still think Kevin Durant is, is that awesome, great safety blanket. But at the same time, we just talked about how Steph Curry, you can obviously, obviously see that he's missed. Um, but there is some sort of matchup where you, you're going to throw, you know, like a Jimmy Butler at a KD. Uh, you got a Kawhi versus a KD. We saw that a little bit of that, you know, in last season's matchups plus the first game before Kawhi went down. Um, so, so how do you guys feel? Like, wh- what's the biggest challenge or biggest team, you know, the team that present the biggest challenge in that first round for the Warriors? Obviously, we're considering Steph Curry out for that first round. They don't want to play against the Timberwolves. I mean, you just yeah, saw Kawhi take down. Like you, you don't want to play against the Timberwolves because the Timberwolves right now they're young and it's just they have they have nothing to fear. You know, they're the team to where like I just read Carl Anthony Towns is like the youngest player since Shaq in '94 to put up like 50 and 15. And the thing about the Timberwolves is that you're going to be getting a healthy and hungry Jimmy Butler, right? You have Carl Anthony Towns that's He's becoming like unguardable. You have nobody on the Warriors team that can guard him. You have Jimmy Butler that matches up extremely well. You have Wiggins. You have Jeff Teague who's going to abuse uh, either, you know, Quinn Cook or whoever. You then have Taj Gibson off the bench. You got Jamal Crawford. I mean, yeah, I don't think I don't think the Warriors want to play against this Minnesota Timberwolves team. Nah, man. Not at all. Unless Zaza Pachulia is going to put in some work. Yeah, I don't see that at all. <laughs> Not at all. Put on that, put on that Zaza magic on cat. Yeah, exactly. Zaza like, like probably. Oops, there's your My bad. Exactly. <laughs> um, I I could agree with Minnesota. I'm a little bit more sold on San Antonio only if Kawhi comes back. But at the same time, can't you know? It's hard to bet against a pop team, man. It's hard against which Kawhi is going to come Spurs, back though. Man. That's the thing. I but, feel like Kawhi. This is a mental thing now. It's becoming. Right. This reminds me of the Derrick Rose situation, to where, especially I knew it was something weird when Manu. Manu's probably spoken what six words his entire like NBA career. I've never heard the guy speak. So when Manu made a statement, it was like, oh shit, this is real, and. I don't know, like, you know, you hear about things like, oh, the players only meeting and all this kind of stuff. You really don't know what happened, but which Kawhi are we going to get if this is like a mental thing? That's why I think the Minnesota Timberwolves right now, I mean, especially the way Carl Anthony Towns is playing. And for me, Andrew Wiggins, he's had the softest 18 points per game in like the history of the NBA. Like, I feel like, I remember when this guy was the next LeBron. Now he's the third option on this team. I feel like that this is the, like, this is the playoffs to where he can easily remind people why he was the number one pick, why he was the, you know, Canadian assassin or whatever the hell they were trying to like, you know, call him. And yeah, this is a very, very scary team. I think Taj Gibson is the guy who can really, really get this team right defensively and can get them going. Yeah. And I know you, we mentioned Portland a little earlier in the show and then especially, you know, they, obviously they're, they're in third place. It, it take like a second round matchup to really see, Portland versus Golden State, and by then Curry would be back. You know, if you guys remember a couple years ago when Curry was hurt, I mean, Portland gave him a run for their money. They gave him a run for their money. Uh, a little bit younger of a team, obviously, but that was that year that Curry came back those last couple of games and just kind of put the nail in the coffin and helped Golden State, you know, take that series. Um, so he's definitely an important part of the team. Um, I don't know. I, I really, I really think that. If San Antonio plays chess, you Kawhi's got to be looking too and saying, "Look, this is our winner of opportunity. Like this team, they're hurt, they're down. When like there's there's no reason mentally that you, I don't know, you just can't make that excuse anymore. You got to come out and ball. And I mean, that's it's a little bit of a, yeah, I guess a little bit of karma, a little bit of revenge that mm-hmm. you come back, you know, into the season. So okay, you guys are down one, cool. Let's go, let's get it, let's get at it. Um, but yeah, anyway, not to discredit Minnesota, I think again they're a young team. Um, you know, getting Cat into the playoffs, he's playing well. Uh, again, and a little bit of the, the Philly situation with them, I think it would be great to get them a little bit of taste of success to say okay, and you know it'd be great to even you know upset the Golden State Warriors, but uh, that's that's potentially what can happen down the road. We talked a little bit about the Western Conference, how it can play out. Uh, last episode here, 
Um, you know, has Oklahoma City uh, underachieved at 44 and 31 for you, Marcus? No, because they had two of the biggest false prophets in basketball join the <laughs> biggest truth in basketball, and that just negated him. Like, Facts. Russell Westbrook can only do so much. Carmelo Anthony are, you know, I'm, I can't really figure out. They're, they're, they're approaching Joe Johnson status where they're just a they, – no, because Joe Johnson turned it around. I, I don't want to diss Joe Johnson like that. Uh, they're reaching that weird Joe, Josh Smith status where you'll get one good game from them and you'll think they're just going to be, you know, amazing going forward. And then it just never happens again. Yep. Until the time you don't need it. Like, Carmelo Anthony's disappeared. Paul George is a lie. I don't even know what he's doing over there. I mean, he's not bad, but he's definitely not Paul George in Indiana. That you thought he maybe might do something with LeBron, but man. No, here's the thing. I need them both gone from Russell Westbrook's uh, air. <laughs> here's just, the I thing. It's annoying. I said this on Twitter. They're all for next year. None of them are playing for this year. They're all playing. Paul George is playing for that contract. Melo's either going to play to opt in or opt out. They're playing. It's like the McDonald's All-American game to where, like, none of them are really teammates. <laughs> like, they're all, like, they know like they know where, where they want to be next year or where they might go. Like, I just watched the McDonald's All-American game, and <laughs> it, it reminds me of watching, like, OKC. It's just, like, they're, like, they're the weirdest team to watch. They're so, they're so difficult. Because they have the talent. In my opinion, Melo ego. So he refuses. But I feel like Melo will be killer off the bench. Will be like just coming in, instant offense. I've never seen a shooter. Again, this goes back to like the Kobe thing. I've never seen a shooter. Like if you ask anybody in the league, Melo's a pure shooter and a pure score. Misses many wide open jumpers as Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> he misses I he and he doesn't miss jumpers. He clanks jumpers like like Lonzo. It's so bad that I'm like, man, you're in year 15 and you're looked at as a shooter and a scorer and all these other good things, but you can't do any. It's I don't know, man. It's so difficult. It's so so difficult to watch this team. I the only thing is, uh, is there some like questioning them making the playoffs? There? I mean, I, I think obviously they haven't clinched, but I mean. It looks like they'll make the playoffs. I mean, it's so close. You know, every obviously the Clippers are two games out from uh, the the eighth spot, and then you know, at that point they're almost two games out, two and a half games out from the fifth spot, and you know, four spots about another four five games, whatever it is. So it's like, eh. Carmelo today said, you know, we'll be there, we'll be there. Don't worry. You know, he's confident they'll make it. So you know, obviously they're talking the talk. It's just walking the walk at this point. Um, well, they'll make the playoffs. But, but, make, but making the playoffs, is that an accomplishment? Like, I know, right? That, it's like, okay, that's cool. Like you're gonna you're gonna make the playoffs and then probably be a first round exit. Is that like a I feel like last year when this trade happened, I remember people were ranting and raving that this team was gonna probably challenge the Golden State Warriors. Because they did I, maybe they just forgot the false prophet that's Carmelo Anthony existed. I don't know what happened. Like, so many players, so many people were like, damn, this team is so good. And I'm looking like, no, they're not Carmelo. I, Melo. I, I, I don't trust Melo. Melo was a guy. Melo showed more leadership as an 18-year-old at Syracuse than he ever has in the <laughs> NBA. Like, straight up. Melo's that guy to where I'm like, I'm going to show tape on. <laughs> Melo's that guy. Melo's that guy that will put up 25, you know, 5 and 5 on like 36% shooting and be like, I did my part. What, what do, you, do you guys feel like they're a first-round bounce for Sheridan? I mean, uh, not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, it goes, you know, it goes all to the matchups. Like, they're like some, <clears throat> like, you know how that is. Like, what was it, the year where the Bulls lost 10 games? I think they lost to the Raptors twice. And I think Mike went on record with saying, if we would have played in them in the first round, we would have lost to them. We just matched up terribly with them. It, it's just there's some teams – that you match up extremely well with, and you're like, damn, I can beat this team. Like the um, I think it was my junior year in high school, we beat this team that went on to state, and we shouldn't have beat them, but we just had a better, we matched up extremely well with this team. Like we, I don't know what it was. I think we were one of two teams to beat them the whole year, but it's just all about the matchups. 
Like if they play against, obviously if they play against like Houston, goodbye. If they play against, yeah. but you know, like, you know, goodbye. But like, it, you know, if they get matched up with shit, I don't know. Right now, uh, right now they're, they'll, they'll be matched up against New Orleans as a fifth seed. Um, you know, which I think match against New Orleans, I can see them being. Yeah, I think they can get by in the first round. I mean, if the Spurs move up one, you're playing San Antonio, um, potentially maybe with with or without Kawhi. Uh, Utah makes a a jump. You know, you could play if they play at Utah. I think I I can see them definitely taking, uh, maybe that series no more than six games, five games, only because you know young younger younger Utah team there. I like Utah a lot. I think Utah's like like one of my. I like Utah like a lot. Yeah, I like I, I, and I appreciate Utah a lot too. Is you know again it's the young, the younger side of things there. I don't you know I think that Oklahoma have the one up on them, but a team like you know if they were to have to play Portland, let's say Portland dips. I don't think they want to see a Portland team. Obviously, once you get into the second round, you have no choice but to see either Houston or Golden State. So right. that's where it gets kind of scary. Uh, it'll it'll be fun if it is Golden State, of course. Um, Curry might make his. You know, a triumphant return, and then you get KD versus Russ. Even though they're actually pretty cool this year after post All Star, um, that's the only thing that'll come out of that series, probably with Golden State winning, and then it sets up for that Finals, Houston and Golden State. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with the matchup part of it, but I mean, just overall, they're, they're at least decent enough to get out of the first round, pending you know they play some of these teams they match up well against. Um, I mean, and who knows? I mean, like I said, there's there's a few different few weeks of basketball left here for them to get their their, their act together. Um, but what's interesting enough, I, I this season a, a lot of of confidence from Paul George's drop from from folks I've spoken with. No one sold on him. Um, I think I still think he's a good defender. He's he's a great defender. Oh yeah, he's a great. De- I, I mean, here's what's weird about Paul George. I think he's an all league defender this year. I, I think he'll get top five defensive player, but. Again, it's not like team basketball that they're playing. They don't right, play right. team basketball. They play me basketball. Whenever I watch them, with the exception of like that six, seven game winning streak that they actually were balling and they actually look, they don't play team basketball. They play great. Like Paul George is having a great individual season. Like when you look at his numbers and you'll just be like, oh, wow, Paul George had like a solid season. But when you actually watch the games, you'll realize like, Oh, it's certain passes that they didn't make. It's certain times where they're just out there, just like a basical. Certain times they're out there playing me ball and hero ball. That's the thing that I get mad at with them about. Uh, yeah, absolutely, I agree. Definitely agree with that. All right, gentlemen, we've reached the final four this weekend. There are four teams, and there's going to be one victory. So we have championship Monday coming up next week. Then finally, we can focus all on the NBA. Um, but in all seriousness, here, who do you who are you taking to win it all? We got Nova, Kansas, Loyola, Chicago, and Michigan. Woo! You know, give me in the Final Four. I got Michigan, and I got Villanova, and I got Michigan cutting down the nets. Ooh, I really want to go with Loyola just for the fact that that's just a beautiful story and that old lady is cute as fuck. <laughs> uh, but I'm not gonna pick it. Yeah, give me Michigan winning it all. Um, I'm I'm pretty confident Nova. What about you, Marcus? Uh, as a non-real college fan, I'm just gonna go with Michigan, just because uh, I feel uh, yeah, Michigan. Yeah, why not? Fair enough. I mean, Noah's dominated their opponents. Have they? I haven't they've really. Dom- they've, they dominated, have. they've dominated yeah, their Nova's, opponents. I'm really Nova's confident about them. Um, I, I kind of agree with that final or final two matchup there tomorrow. Definitely, I think it's going to be a Michigan. Unfortunately, you know, for uh, Sister Jean, the, the road might end, you know, Saturday. But um, I think Nova and Michigan, and I'm going to roll with Nova definitely cutting down the nets. Um, so shout out again, as I mentioned, Philly is having a fabulous year. Good year, so I think the, those good vibes are going to come their way, and uh, they'll take it there. Shout out to Kyle Lowry. Shout out to Kyle Lowry, Mike Nardi, uh, Allen Ray, Curtis Sumter. That team was one of the greatest college basketball teams I've ever seen. They didn't win because Curtis Sumter got hurt. <laughs> Here's what's funny. Kyle Lowry was actually a, uh, a freshman 
Allen Ray was one of the best. So they ran a three guard offense. It was Mike now, uh, uh, Mike Nardi, the white boy who looked like John B. Mike Marty, uh, Allen Ray. They had Curtis Sumter and they ran this crazy, crazy offense and they were going to win much like the year when Cincinnati was going to win, but Kenya Martin got hurt. Yeah. I'm like a big college fan. I remember like certain weird things like that. Like Joseph Forte, North Carolina, my boy, like the greatest shooter I've ever seen play who just can stop smoking weed. So he got kicked out the league. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I mean, this year I can honestly say I'm becoming less and less more of a college basketball fan because I feel like the older, like back in the day, just for the fact that like when I played ball and I was getting recruited and like, I actually knew the players. It's different now. I'm 31 years old. I'm I'm so disconnected. Like I watched the McDonald's All American game, and I remember at one point where I knew every single player, what their mother's name was, what their father's name was, and now I feel like that old back in my day guy when I watched. Because the whole time I watched the McDonald's All American game tonight, I just judged them. Like I felt, I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm that guy. I like I'm turning into like my dad. I, I lived the whole. I was like, oh, he doesn't use his left hand. I'm writing them off. I'm like, oh my god, I'm a dad right now. <laughs> That's why. By the way, Demar, have you seen the Pie Slam and Jamma? Yes. Yeah, yeah, 30 yeah. 30 Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I thought you meant just like in general. No, actually, I haven't seen it. The 30 for 30 is very good. You should For check real? It oh, out. yeah, I got to watch it. Definitely that. should. Yeah. I did watch it the other night. It was impressive um, watching that stuff. All 30 for all thirty for 30. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I love, I love all, I literally, I can watch 30 for 30s all night on loop. Like, I love it. Absolutely. Yes, you know, speaking, you know, bringing up your uh, college basketball back in the day, I, I figured you'd know. And um, incredible team. That was, it was a good story. And um, yeah, shout out to uh, Hakeem in Houston, man. It's nice seeing the, those those old clips, and and I felt like you know, kind of speaking of uh, from an old school standpoint, those guys appreciated the game a little bit more, played a little, with a little bit more heart. Um, and of course, they, they those guys stuck around in college for three, four, four years. You know, it wasn't hey a one and done thing where it's like yeah, I'll get balanced in the Sweet Sixteen, but peace, bros. I'm out to make millions in the NBA. It was nah, we're coming back, and we're gonna beat these dudes next time. We're gonna beat, we're gonna get back to the Final Four. We're gonna get back and, and beat this team, so yeah, I think that's definitely missing the college basketball world at this point. But that is the way it's going. It is. That's the way it's going, man. And you know, also shout out to Lavar Ball, and his, his JBA league. Well, shout out to Lavar. Make, make a difference, bro. <laughs> he's been quiet lately. We haven't spoken about him, honestly, man. Shout out to Lavar. He's trying to get these. He's trying to get these loans together. He can't be out in the public like that. That's true. <laughs> that's facts. That's fact. BBB water, man. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure, man. This is awesome. Uh, we can do this again. Any shout-outs for the weekend? Man, for me, my shout-out is to baseball. I mean, this is, this is, my, this is, this is it. Like, I'm, I feel like a kid again when the Yankees had, like, a baby Derek Jeter, when Mo was the setup to Wetland, when I, I feel like I'm, like, eight to nine years old, and I feel like I'm a kid again. I won't lie. I thought the post-Derek Jeter, A-Rod, that whole era um, – was going to be like I thought it was going to be depressed for a while and no lie like having like Judge and Sanchez and when we bring up Torres and even though Greg Burt stays hurt and just having all <laughs> these young guys like you know Sevy and getting like Sonny Gray and just I'm just really really excited and not even for Yankee baseball just baseball in general like Lindor like Correa Altuve uh you know the Chicago Cubs players I'm just pumped I'm so excited for baseball I hope that it's. I hope that everybody has a very like an injury free season. I know it won't happen because it sucks, but I just want to see like Mike Trout bur- like put up fifty and have a, a fucking war of like a million. Like I just want to see all great things. Like baseball is great. I hope everybody has a great season and hope the Yankees win number twenty eight. That's all I want. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I echo all that, but also shout out Trey Burke putting up forty two and twelve the other night. Trey Iverson, my boy. We out here. With the braids. With I the think, braids. I, yo, I, I was a fan of Trey Burke when he got drafted. I don't know what Utah didn't like about him. But now I'm glad he's somewhere that maybe he can ball. Maybe this will be a thing. At the time, Utah. We need a point guard. We need a point guard. Yep. At the time, Utah, you know how, like, sometimes. Okay, for instance, you know how, like, you might date a girl, like, that's, like, so much better than you, and you're just, like, not ready to be that person, and then you look <laughs> back, like, six years, and you're like, damn, like, I had that? That's what you Utah at the time, they just weren't ready for Trey Burke. They didn't really have too many pieces. They were doing, like, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, let's draft, like, six guards and just see what's going to happen. And it's dope. I'm happy that hopefully he gets, like, a little bit of contract. Hopefully he still hustles. And I just love the Allen Iverson braids. I'm all about that. I am here for it. <laughs> I mean, braids have an impact in the NBA. 
I do. Why AI? Push a T. I mean, if you have braids in 2018, <laughs> you better be great at what you do. Fact, fact. You can't be walking around with bullshit braids. You can't. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to uh, Kemal Walker. He's the all-time leading scorer in Charlotte Hornets history. Hey, oh, nice. so, congrats! Shout out, shout out to uh, Kemba, man. He, he's doing his thing there, even though you know it's a little up and down. And you got uh, Kemba's 0 and 22 versus LeBron. Fun fact. <laughs> Oh, he lost again tonight? Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. he did lose, but oh, man. did become, um, you know, all-time leading scorer. So I guess, you know, a win somewhere in the books around there. Um, but, you know, again, I guess just shout out to everybody for listening. You know, you guys doing the damn thing here with us. And yeah, thank you, guys. This is literally like lots the time of, of life. Oh, yeah. like, I'm at the point where I'm like a wash 31-year-old has-been uh, <laughs> cool guy. And I'm just, you know, I get really excited when I get Chevy's email or like a text message, like, you want to go live? I'm like, here we go. Let me dust off the, like, blow this, like, you know, <laughs> you know I, I really become that guy. I'm that guy who, you know, I go to bed at like 930 every single night. I wake up and like, I drink coffee and like eat fucking Cheerios, you know, so <laughs> thanks for being my friends, guys. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, day, my man. Yeah. Us black wrestling fans got to stick together. Hey, black wrestling fans. Hey, we out here. Hey, we out here. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, fellas. Please have your heels one day. Oh, please. Yes. Please. I would love that. We're doing it. All right, man. All right, All right guys. Man. Be easy. Peace. Peace.